Welcome to the X Overland Podcast. At X Overland, we're committed to living a life of adventure and to sharing what we learn in the hopes of inspiring and empowering others to boldly explore the world. Join the conversation as we sit down to share stories of overland travel and vehicle-based adventure with a broad range of compelling guests from around the globe. Did you know there is now a place to park your rig when you are not out adventuring? That's right. It's in OnX Off-Roads My Garage. There you will be able to add your vehicles with photos and descriptions. An added benefit to having a vehicle or two or three in my garage is the fact that you can filter the trails on the map by the vehicle's type in your garage. For me, I have a vintage Land Cruiser. I have a Ram 3500 and I've got a Tacoma. And the trails displayed on my map now show me all the full-sized 4x4 trails around me and allows me to pick the right trail for the car that I'm in that day. Check it out by tapping the hamburger menu in the upper left hand of your mobile or toolbar on the desktop. Select My Garage and start adding your vehicles today. Welcome back and thanks for joining us on the X Overland Podcast. We have Evan DeHaven and his lovely wife, Christine, in the hangar with us today. We're recording in person. Uh, this is awesome, Evan. Thanks for taking the time and Christine to join us. Of course. We have um, some big topics to discuss today and, you know, namely why I really was excited to have you two on here is because of what you've done. And I just want to fill people in a little bit about family.overland.adventure and what that is and where that comes from. And then take a look at the journey from your professional and you might say conventional life, successfully conventional life into this journey of adventure as a family. And then years later, back again into a new phase of life. Um, in this space, right, we get a lot of people on who are full-time lifelong overlanders and we get people on who might go on a week or a two month or a three month adventure but we have yet to have somebody on the podcast like you all, let alone a family who stepped out, did this, lived this life, and now are in a new phase. So um, very excited to talk many all about chapters, this. Many chapters to our life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have multiple friends that say you've lived a lot of lives. And it, I feel like it's true. Like you just, whoop, that was a life, that's a life. Like they're different. Yeah. Very different but in a good way, fun. Yeah. No, I think probably there are more people out there who can relate to that. Um, and, you know, in today's world, modern medical science, I mean, we have the opportunity, most of us, to live long enough to have experienced different lives, different phases in our lives. But I still think, um, you know, there are people who whose lives are basically the same um, for a certain amount of time. Right. And it, it does, I guess the point I'm making Evan, Christine is you have to do what you two did that you have to do something intentional, mm -hmm. right? People's life can change for a variety of reasons out of their control, yes. but to make an intention, a choice made with intentionality. Yep. Yes. That's what you guys did. Yes. And I think it was something that multiple years led up to Right. We'd done so many small changes and nothing had really given us the challenges or the connection that this final big decision gave us. So, yeah, 
And it starts, I mean, we are travel addicts. I became a travel addict because her, when I met her, like when, before I met Christine, I'd been on one plane flight in my life from Southern California to mid California. I'd never gone East Coast, never. Then I met her. She's a world traveler and I became like addicted. And so from that moment on, it's like always, we're like obsessed with going and seeing and doing. Really, I think it was ultimately like experiences are more valuable than anything else. And how long ago was that? Like, would that have been when you guys were just starting to date? Yeah. 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 I mean, our first quote unquote date was camping. So true. I invited her out to go that camping. Was, uh, we went out to that was foreshadowing. I have a realistic preview. Yep. He can never tell me that mm-hmm. he didn't tell me what I was getting into. Totally. <laughs> so, I mean, she was a backpacker and, yeah, you know, no, we both like very out. It wasn't but. new, but I think. For so long, we loved exploring and we knew that trying going out and trying new things was a, a great comfort zone for us. And then when we started a family, we really craved um, connection. You know, you're you're starting this family and he, he's working so much. We're all working. And at the end of the day, I was like, are, are we even here? Yeah. We see each other for dinner. Um, so we would try and change our lives and I say in small ways because of the big shift we did eventually that really brought us together. But, you know, we would, he changed careers. We relocated to different cities and tried to slow things down and intentionally make more time for us as a family. And in the end, what really did that for us was hitting the road, selling everything. And it, for a lot of people, it's something that they're like, I could never do that. <laughs> That's cool. I'm not asking you to, but at the same time, it was exactly what we needed. And maybe we back up. So sorry, before sorry. <laughs> Christine and I were very career oriented. Yes. We met in advertising, you know. Are you both from California? No. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, you are? Wow. Yeah. She did was doing college in an exchange program in Europe, lived overseas for a while, and then literally found a job in LA. Long story short, she found a job as a coffee girl at a post-editorial house. Fast forward a decade later, our agency that we started, we started our own ad agency, actually merged with another company to build it out, which was actually the company she used to be a coffee girl at. So she went from coffee girl to partner with the owners of this agency, um, and we built it up from a, you know, me and her two-person shop to well over 200 people with offices in LA, Portland, and London. Um, and so we were like diehard, career was everything, very focused, had kids, and this like wake up of like, wow, there's something bigger. And that took us on a smaller journey. We ended up, you know, selling an agency and leaving, saying like, this is too much, it's all yeah. consuming, going back to different careers, photographer, advertising, me, brand, marketing. Long story short, COVID hit, and we were both like, we were in California at the time, which was very hard. Lockdown, you can't go to the beach, you can't go hiking, you can't go outdoors, and this is something that we do every weekend. And it started to really focus us, like, okay, the world we knew is different, and it's also providing new things that we didn't have before, right? You could work from home, you could be remote. You There's could, You could do school from home so much school easier. from home. So it started to make us look like we're unhappy. What would happiness look like? We always talked about full-time travel, always. And you're like, oh, could we do this? And it was, we're very impulsive. (laughs) And then it was within. I just like to say that we, we make decisions very easily. Mm -hmm. 
yep. a lot of times we do not get decision fatigue. Yep. Right. It doesn't paralyze us. We say, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to move forward. So we left our jobs, yep. sold the house, sold almost everything, got a 20 by 20 storage unit for a few things and decided to hit the road traveling. Like we had a motor home and a big trailer and our biggest thing was like, if we go do that style of travel, we're going to be in a box again. And really what we want is we want reconnection with ourselves and our well, family. And, and we'd explored so much and we found, we started with a large trailer and worked our way down and we found limitations to the large vehicles that we couldn't go places. We couldn't, once we got there, we didn't have a vehicle to explore or we're stuck in campgrounds and that's, we would always. We hate campgrounds. Yeah. And, and <laughs> paying, and they're not cheap either. Like it all adds up. So it was. Well, we came from an area where to book a campsite is six months out on the dot. So if yeah, you, you have to be right there and ready oh, to yeah. go. So we're like, well, we can't live that way. No. Either. Yeah. So, yeah, right. yeah. so that was the journey to get yeah. to like, okay, we have to, but we had done long term travel over landy style, all sorts of stuff before that. So it wasn't a, you know, we have talked to so many people about it. It's like, don't just jump into this, right? Like, take your time. So we did right. that. And then yeah. we're like, okay, mm-hmm. we're this is our thing. This is time to go. Well, my kids had done it as well. Mm-hmm. This wasn't anything new for them. It was just um, longer term. At yeah, point. but I quit my full-time job. We yeah. were both like, I could freelance. Yeah. We looked at like, whoa, like overhead is so cheap to just travel. It's yeah. basically gas and food money to do BLM. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, and the kids can do school online. Mm-hmm. And this is before Starlink was Rome. So we were like planning out like, okay. That was the hardest part. Yeah. How so you get out, you're different. in the middle of Moab and we're like, that's a great camping spot. Mm-hmm. I'm like, baby, there's no service here. We have to go over here because we have school in the morning. <laughs> uh, and so eventually, you know, we, we sorted all that out. Um, but yes, it was. Uh, but we'll turn back to you. That was the journey to get there. <laughs> that's how we started, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. That's what like just, you know, kind of going yes. back over it for uh, my own clarity here. It's like I see you know, very driven, hardworking professionals. Um, I come from East Coast culture, so I definitely know what that's all about. And, you know, successful, but then at some point, like the lights turn on that there is more to life and existence than just this career path, you know, success. And you were losing, and you used a keyword, I think, Christine, you were losing connection. And I think it's so cool, like you, that you use that word intentionally for why you made the choice you made, um, even t- to not go, because I was wondering, it's like, well, if you're just getting started into something like this, like why not an RV to begin with, right? And then just, c- it'd be a lot easier. And then you kind of work your way yeah. toward yeah. what you guys ended up going out in. And connection back with the world that we love, which is the outdoors, right? Yeah. And connection with each other, because we're not gonna like, so it was like, it was connection multi-level, right? Like connection back, to the world. And also what's important mm-hmm. because when you live out of a duffel bag because that's your only, that's as much room as you have, what really is important? We we were at a place too, life-wise. Like we didn't want to be defined. You talk about importance about like a career or a job or whatever. Like what did we get the most out of our job were the people that we affected and learned and helped and mentored and all that. So but like working to live or living to work, you work to live. Yeah. So it was like we would just say, take a small job that we don't care about, quote unquote, right? And we can check in and out just to pay for a living was like the best strategy. We were just like, wow, okay, this is freeing. You're not working for horrible people that slave you a hundred hours a week. And then you come home stressed and you're, you can't connect with your spouse or your kids very well because you're stressed and, uh, you know, and 
you add these things to live your life and then it's now money is the main goal, right? I mean, it took me back when we talked, we did a podcast a while ago and yeah. it, one of the questions like, how do you do, it's like, I get it if money is a driving it, you know, thing, but you can do all of anything you want with limited money as well. So, yeah. yeah. You made a good point earlier just about how when you added up the dollars, right, for, for doing what you did, when you do, in fact, go all in on an overlanding lifestyle, right? Not like this is our daily driver and this is our house and this is our overlanding rig and, you know, we're going to go out on the weekends for a month in the summer. But like, your house, the, what I see is, you know, your house becomes your vehicle. Yeah. When I have taken this line of thought all the way to that end, mm -hmm. it's made me think, oh, well, at that point, it's not nearly as expensive as a lot of homes and, and oh, okay. what you're dealing yeah. with there. But okay. it's a big commitment, right? So it is. And we bought it and used it the first. And, you know, I mean, we've changed our rig yeah. endless amount of times. But you start cheap and you figure out where to add and what to sell. I mean, we sold so much on the road, too. You're like, oh, I need this. And then you're like, no, I, don't. I do not need this. And the amount of stuff we've given away on the road because you're like, I just did, can't sell this. it. And you're like, my, the real yeah. estate in my yeah. car is more important. But okay. it is that way in your mind, like, this is my home. Like, we lived, we were, our kids used to love telling people, they're like, oh, where do you live? And they're like, oh, we're homeless. Like, which is not wrong. <laughs> it's like, technically, technically correct. Right. Yeah. And they would laugh and they go, and it's like, but this is our home. Like, yeah. you know, right. and a lot of people always go, why is your rig so built out? And it's like, well, it's our home. Too. Okay. So I'm really excited to mm -hmm. segue into that part of the podcast, right? Yeah. Which is like, okay, like I was saying about the RV. Um, and then it made a lot of sense to me when you said, Christine, you know, well, we're all about finding ways to reconnect. And when you got a 50 foot RV, a lot of people aren't connected. It's just like home. Everyone's in their separate spaces and their bubbles. Right. Mm -hmm. But overlanding is so much more intimate. You, you have to be able to work with the people you're in that vehicle with, I would argue. Yes. So now you make that choice and you've, and you've experimented with a little bit. So, you know, both worlds and you decide on overlanding, but. Here's where it gets interesting to me. You didn't just choose at that point, say, a Tundra with a four-wheel camper. You you took a different route and did something I think is awesome and kind of symbolic even in the way of the family's involvement in the project, Evan, and that's the Bronco. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Christine, super career-earning woman, helped us build the company had kids and literally one day was like, I don't want to work anymore. I want to raise kids, which was not her. Like the crazy part is like she, my nephew, she would hold out like this. Right. But something <laughs> happened yeah. when she had a baby, we left the hospital. I was like, Ooh, like totally different human turned into super mom, like the most insane thing. So she had changed her life, changed her career to chase this thing. Asked for a minivan one year, which was like shocking. She I drove know. the, which was, it was what? a great vehicle, but I drove, drove this for 10 years, 10 years. And she was always talking about having, getting this Bronco and building it. So mm -hmm. long story short, the boys and I surprised her. We bought a Bronco, spent a year and a half together, building it from the ground up. It was a, you know, old vintage car, 50 years old now and built it up. And we finished it maybe two months before we left, three months, whatever. It was probably, I mean, when we made the decision to do this, we sold everything and left within three months. So it's mm -hmm. not that we're quick. So I sold so fast. It was we, shocking. We sold the house, packed everything up. I don't know how many, we 
made the decision in November, we were gone by February. Was the Bronco built at this point? The Bronco was just finished in November, maybe December. As a street cruiser? As a street cruiser, 100%. And I was crushed that we were going to have to put it in storage because I've been waiting and we'd been working on this car for a year and a half. So Evan was like, if, if you want, we can just modify it. We can do X, Y, and Z, and then we can bring it with us. And I couldn't say no. I just couldn't. It was too, too exciting. So. And our thing was always like, if it doesn't work, we'll change it. Yeah. Right. Cause I'm not selling my Tundra. Nope. I actually parked it at our friend's house who mm-hmm. just gone through a divorce. And she's like, I'd love it if you parked it here. Cause it would look like a man lives here at our house. And I was like, yeah. awesome. This Perfect. is great. So we add that as a backup. So we ended up doing some changes to the Bronco and customizing it more to fit, you know, made the back seats larger, added a roof rack. Yeah, let's not rush through yeah. that because this this is like this is an important part of the story. Yeah. I I think for the listeners might dig is is uh like I've talked to a lot of overlanders, right? And we mm-hmm. see a lot of material, but I haven't seen a lot of 1972 Broncos you know towing an overlanding trailer mm-hmm. as as the primary overlanding vehicle. So to me that says a lot about you guys. It says a lot about the vehicle like that so crazy. like crazy. Yeah. But you guys, you know, you have an artistic yeah. mind. You're creative. Like there are things that are more important to you than pragmatism. It was also we wanted a challenge. Right. Part of this whole thing was like, let's get back to pushing ourselves in a different way. Learning. We got a lot of good stories yeah. from in that I rig. Bet. Well, weekend on, we said we're gonna go. <laughs> Everyone was like, you can't tow this thing. We went and bought a used turtleback trailer. Yep. Long story short, and they're like, you can't tow it with this Bronco. Number one, it has a 450 horsepower engine. It's full Dana 44 rear. It's like by book it can, right? So sure. we we were like, let's go do a good test weekend. We have a friend, they live in Joshua Tree, they have their own property. We're like, we'll drive out to it. Perfect. It's not that far. We can go. So long story short, it we blew out the rear end. Um <laughs> towing the trailer towing out. Towing the there. trailer out there. <laughs> oh yeah. Found so, out that one piece that we didn't there we didn't rebuild it. There was an issue inside that was yeah. already pre-existing. It was like, oh, cool. Back to the drawing board. Well, good. Glad we did the test. test. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which is what we preach totally. here at XO yeah, Roland, you know, whether yep. it's your tent or your rig yep. or whatever. So we had to AAA it and do all that good stuff. Rebuild the, the rear end. Now it's solid. Did our next test. It was perfect. You know, we whomped it through the desert. Everything was great. Mm-hmm. It was working awesome. Uh I think we added some more sound deadening. That was like the only thing. Yes. That was impressive to me in the walk around video, which was incredibly well detailed. Like, I Mm. love that. Like, I was, you know, scanning through material. I was like, whoa, I'm going to watch every detail of this. Because this (laughs) is like not just a walk around. This is an education in vehicles and how you build. We put so much. I mean, we learned how to weld and metal work and do all the stuff because we did it ourselves. Right. Yeah, you, so, you kept talking about we fabricated this and we fabricated yeah. that and here's our custom and I was just amazed and Christine is all in on that as well and it's yeah. like this is a this is a project with passion and heart and soul and family dedication so purpose with design yes. like yes. I mean I never it was like well how are the kids going to do school work on the road and I was yeah. like we sat down and we're like god they got to have tables in the back how are we going to do that and mm-hmm. funny enough we went to GTFO Overland Shop in Long Beach. Shout out to those guys yep. to pick up some front runner boxes and some other stuff. Some chairs. And I mentioned this idea of wanting to build these table things. And he's like, I have the exact thing for you. These lagoon tables, blah, blah, blah. So they hooked us up with these tables. I modified them. 
we welded on brackets and built it and so that the kids literally had tables. I saw that in the video. It's nuts. You know, they had the inverter so they could do it all. So it was like those little things like went a long way because we weren't being bad parents. They could do school because we all know overlanding is like 80, 90% cement long drives to get to the trail and then you go. So it was like we need them to be productive at that point in time. So, yeah, very, I think that car, we we did it for over six months. It was we incredible. Did. Yes. We'd be in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Let's say Grand Escalante and people were up there and they're side by sides and they're like, you're in that and wait, you're doing that? Did you go up this trail? Oh, and we're like, dude, yeah, no I'm, I'm sure there was one scene where you guys are at like a Bronco gathering someplace oh, yeah. and I'm looking at all the other Broncos and then there's yours and, it, and people are just surrounding it because <laughs> they must have just been like, this is so rad. This just place. Is just getting gas was sometimes... A 45-minute event. I mean, I love it, but it was it was hard sometimes. So we left where we lived. <laughs> Which was? Uh, we lived in Santa Clarita, so north of L.A., okay. about mm-hmm. 45 minutes. Our first day on the road, we're, our goal is to make it to Valley of Fire yep. outside of Vegas. We make it to Mojave Desert, fill up gas, and this old guy comes up. He's like, is that a 72 Bronco? And we're like, yeah. And he goes, I raced the first Baja. In a 72 Bronco, which now I'm curious too, because oh. I love Bob. Mm-hmm. We were there for oh. almost an hour, and finally I had to tell John, like, we gotta go. We have to make camp by dark. But it was like that showed us like a preview yeah. of what mm-hmm. was to come. Yeah. And we really have to say, like, not uh, that it was a goal, but we made so many amazing friends and community just through that car. It's a conversation starter for sure. Yeah. So. That's just what I'm thinking. Now, do you still have it? Okay, it's actually going to be in an episode, oh. an out and about episode here. Um, That's what I was seeing. And he did. I, and we were just editing that. So probably around the same time this comes out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Well, I, I figured, I mean, when I looked at what went into building that, right, I just can't imagine ever selling something like that unless your life was on the line. Like, like it would have to be really <laughs> bad. Know. Because it's just, it's like a party, you guys. Yeah, it's my last car for sure. It's, that's the only We've car that I ever need. crazy offers. And I just go, I have to look at these people and say, I don't, it, the number <laughs> you throw really doesn't matter because she's not selling. No. Yeah. And they're but, like, well, well, but what, what this? They're like, I, I'd love that. I could build three more for that. Why am I, I seeing the first episode of John Wick right mm-hmm. now at the gas station? <laughs> it would be, it was it's not for sale. It's her daily driver, right? She drives this thing is, almost every day. It's my daily driver. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's it's my favorite thing. So. It did its job. Oh, it was cool. awesome. But when we traded out to the Tundra, we both looked at each other and go, this is cheap mode. It, it felt it like, was we like cheating. It was far. like doing the old cheat code on Super Nintendo and you being like, all the lives. Oh my God, we have everything. So I, I've just, the last two podcasts or the one, the last podcast I did recorded was with Chase and Amy mm-hmm. of Tight Loops. And then I just had a conversation. We're getting to, getting ready to do a recording yep. with um, Bound From Nowhere, well, right? With Mac years, and that one. Yeah. Both of those couples started out with 1985 Vanigans. Yep. And their stories, identical, that part of their story, you know, mm-hmm. pure romance for the Vanigan, mm-hmm. loved it on an artistic level. Yeah. But at some point, to do what they needed to do, they changed over to a Tundra and, you know, well, yeah. their life changed as far as, like, they could actually get their job done. There is a defining moment yeah. when it ended. I want to know what that so was. That was on my list. And it includes a person who's become a good friend, 
Um, we were near Grand Tetons, kind of in Driggs, Idaho. The rear leaf springs gave out. Um, we found a friend through Wild Horses 4x4 who does Bronco parts that we could ship leaf springs okay. to in Jackson Hole. Yes. We went and picked them up, and I started changing them in the middle of the forest. So to do leaf springs on that car, you have to drop the rear end. Um, uh, you're doing that yourself <laughs> out on in trail. The, yeah, out, me and the out boys. On the trail, because with a high lift jack and yeah. a bottle jack. My God! So you know where this is going. It fell off, almost died, got out from under it. I posted yeah, I two know. stories and said, "Is there by any chance anyone nearby this area that has a jack that I can borrow?" And this guy Ryan, who came friends with, ended up being like, "Drop me a pin. I'll be there in 20 minutes with a jack and beer." Never met this guy. He ends up coming. Spending the yeah. whole night, the neighbor in camp where BLM land comes over and is like, "Hey, I've got these tools." Do you? He ended up helping he all night. Impact drill with them. It was all in lights. Yep. Ryan ended up finding out so he's nice. a huge Bronco guy. He builds like the big body Broncos. Yep. Christine was like, "We have to do something for you." He's like, "I'm putting my Bronco yeah. on. Bring a trailer. We'll do photos." So long story short, it was like that moment was like. We're doing the wrong thing for like safety and the right deal. We love this car, but it's yes. time to switch. You know, when you're driving, but... you, you hear every noise and you're like, what is that? What is that? Or even trying to get into Driggs, going up the pass, we're overheating because mm -hmm. the, you know, the engine runs hot, towing, and then going down the brakes. I was like, this is... This is too much. We're, I, I can't. It came so much stress just in the was. driving. You're yes. not enjoying it was almost the like rest work. of it. It was. That's yeah. exactly what Chase and Amy and Mac mm -hmm. and Owen have said yeah. about the van again. Just, just yeah. you know, that became the story was exactly. the vehicle problem. Yes. And mm -hmm. so stress we, we decided at the moment, time to switch to the Tundra. Which we, we already had. So yeah. it was a very easy, it was just waiting for us. It is telling perhaps that everyone I've talked to, when they decide to make this switch mm -hmm. to the reliable vehicle yeah it's always a toyota so far and we already owned it so yes i mean i love my oh. tundra but it wasn't like we went and bought something choice. i had already had it we were like this is the time to do it we had to make the game plan because now like we have to build it it was a stock tundra and okay. so then it became like, like a sr5 or you know, a tr or pro yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. but it was like okay well what do we want at this point, too, let's, let's we have to let's, back up and when talk we, about. When we were saying get closer. We all love this conversation. One, we all lived out of one tent, four of us, in one rooftop tent. We did have a ground on the trailer. On yes, that was that the, the tent? Oh, it was oh, like yes. an eye camper, I think. Yeah, an eye camper on the trailer. One at the time. Your kids are how old at this point? When you take off and you're nine living out of that, and 11. I believe nine and eleven. Yeah. So they're and still. This is... So they're old enough that you know they're independent, but they're growing rapidly. Yeah. So at a certain we had a point, ground tent, so they would spend a lot of time in that. It was like whenever you want to use it, so you set it up on your own, you do it. But if you want to sleep in the same tent, all good. So at that age, they're probably more inclined to be in that tent. They spent a lot of time in that tent, which was yeah. awesome. It was also cool as two boys, to see Miles and uh -huh. Ash. Yes. yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll never. The funniest night with the tent was. I'm very in tune with safety and good stuff, right? So, middle of the night, I hear some noises outside their tent so i look out and it's a deer so i'm like okay cool i'm just gonna watch what happens and i have a handgun with a light on it right so i'm watching this because you know first thing i pull i want to see what i'm gonna shoot okay it's a deer i'm not gonna shoot it yeah yeah the deer Smart. ends up rubbing up against miles side of the tent like it was a dog like literally like <laughs> i'm 
camera, you could see this, but like rubbing its head up against my child. And Miles, like you could hear him wake up, whatever. He goes back to sleep. Next morning I go, did anything weird happen last night? And he's like, yeah, I don't know what it was, but I saw your gun light and I knew I was safe. So I went back to sleep. And I was like, well, that's <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. So but I was like, you had an animal rubbing against you in a ground tent. Like, are you yeah. sure you don't want to sleep up top? But yeah. So that made us, when we do it, is like, maybe we need another bedroom, right? Because we like to look at these also as they're, they're private spaces. Yeah, and they're growing. They're and getting older. Completely. And, and, and yeah. like we said, every, I think everything that we started with, like the car, the trailer, the tents, uh, to when to today has changed because you have mm -hmm. to be okay to say, oh, this, this isn't working. Let's fix it. So at that point, the Bronco was not working for what we wanted to do. So we're fixing it. And we decided the 10. What do we do? We go make a spreadsheet like always and go, okay, what do we want? We did pros and cons. You guys are doing this together. Just sitting yes. now with your we spreadsheet. Sit down and we go, what are some good couple what are the stuff right we here? want? Yeah. Pros and cons of everything. Okay. Do you want a four wheel camp? Or do you want an alley cab? Do you want what? What's the pros and cons of every little every piece? Every little thing. Then you go and you look at, okay, what are oh, timelines yes, to get it? timelines is, is huge yeah. because at this point- Yeah, this is in the COVID. We have no home. Yeah. and So you have to take into account, one, it's COVID, so everybody is out and every timeline's weights are insane and we can't just camp out somewhere and wait a month. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess we could, but that's not what we want to do. Who wants to do that? Right. Yeah, so- yeah. So I we think, ended yeah. up literally lining up everything we yeah. wanted to do, then figuring out a two-week window where we could get it all shipped. Where do we want to do it all? Where do we leave the Bronco? Yeah. Where do we leave the Bronco? Where can we stay we that we like for two weeks? Because we're like, we're going to Airbnb. We fell in love with Montana. Long story short, we were going to stay in Bozeman because it's close to Belgrade where we ended up doing a GFC. But- there were certain products we couldn't get shipped here. They could only go to Billings. So long story short, we ended up running an Airbnb in Billings. Yep. I flew back to California, got the Tundra, stopped at all the shops on the way up to get things. Get the parts on. Parts and yeah. mm -hmm. some work Building done. As you drive Shout out to Serena at SDHQ, hooked us up, got us suspension done and things like that. Drove on up, met her at the Airbnb, did some of the pre-electrical and then tearing things off to prep for the GFC. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the guys, Mike and the whole crew at GFC, because not only did they install it, we actually rented a storage unit a block from there to build out the entire truck, which we knew that's where we we're going to store the Bronco. And of course, you know, when you're doing a build, there's a lot you run into. Oh my God. And Mike yeah. was like, whatever you need, you need a tool, you need whatever. I like, I needed a mini Anderson cable at one point. And he's yeah. like, Dude, just come here and grab whatever you want. Like, so what? amazing guys. Bunch of great and like, people, yeah. So it like, it formulated like the future of us moving to Montana. But yeah, so we ended up yeah. building our entire rig in like five days in a storage unit in Belgrade. Five days is quick. It oh, was I'm so impressed. quick for the amount of electrical yeah. that we had to do. What time of year I got a this? generator and I was doing all the power tools off a generator, a cutting was... and yeah. Yeah, because in Montana, time of year matters. I want to say it was August. It was definitely summer. It was good season. Yeah. Okay. Because it was a mm -hmm. big fire season. It was super smoky. Oh, yes. Yeah, it was probably August, September. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at this point, they were staying in a hotel because I was pretty much living in this. Oh, I was living there, too. <laughs> we were living in a storage in a building, no. wiring and doing <laughs> yes. It was pretty fun. Yeah. So. What The stories you guys have, though, because of how you went about it. Mm -hmm. 
And there's so much to be said for that, right? I think there's this tension between like most of us know that, yeah, the stories are going to be richer if we do things a certain way, there are going to be more challenges. But then there's also, you know, the flip side of that. It's like stories are going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. But, you know, is this sustainable type of thing? And you guys have been through that whole And we journey. left it open to the point that, like, follow what we, like, so the only thing that we had when we left, there was no time stable. We didn't have an end date. The only goal we had was I wanted to go to the tip of Baja and she wanted to go up to Alaska. So at some point, our goal was to do that. Did yes. you make it? Yes. Both places. And beyond. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's what I'm curious about, too. So the Bronco was six months. The Bronco was six months. And then it, this went on for how long? 13,000 miles in that six months? Um, we, we traveled for about three years. So the Bronco was our, it was a great first push. And then I really think it showed us some holes that, you know, being full-time has, and also maybe, you know, what else we can afford luxury-wise. Do you know what I mean? Like having mm -hmm. two tents, I consider that luxury. That was Big amazing. Time. And going into, uh, you know, the Yukon with two tents, it's, I'm not setting up a ground tent in mm -hmm. the Yukon for my children. That's a little bear snack. So, you know, it was just nice to have that little uh, ease into things and then kind of fine tune once again. I mean, I feel like we fine tune every yeah. every time we pass through a major town. We're I like, mean, what do we need to fix? What do we need to change? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's totally. And like you the... learn tricks from people. I mean, camping with other people, we learned so much. So much. Who were some people you camped with and met out on the trail that really stood out to you? We hate them all, but um, <laughs> no, I think. <laughs> Look, Alex and Val made for Sinead, great friends of ours. I mean, Josh, we, just another other overlander. Claudia, I, yeah. Aiden, I mean, there's endless amount of people that we've spent time with. You know, I mean, we've made real relationships, friendships yes. with people, and that's great. But like, we have learned so much. I mean, we it's weird because you will, you know, we have friends here that we met in the Yukon, Chris McKenzie, right? Like, it is wild. And, the world is small you know, and traveling restored my faith in humanity in ways I could have never expected. Everyone is like, aren't you scared? Are, you know, safety, safety, safety. And I'm like, I feel, uh, am I aware of my surroundings all the time? Yes. But my faith in humanity is restored ten, tenfold. Tenfold. It's, it was a How so, Christine? Like what, um, what, what did I mean, that for you? There's Nine times out of 10, if you need something, well, first off, asking for help is never easy. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're on the road, you have no options sometimes. And so I, you, we had to put ourselves out there and ask for help. What if in the people that would like, I remember in Jackson Hole, the weather turned, we're sitting at like some gas station restaurant right. in line to pay. And we're talking about like, where are we going to stay tonight? And this woman's like, like come stay, come on, my stay on my property. And just like what? every or you yeah. i don't even like yeah. you heard us in the line exactly. like, you yeah. always got to get past that every horror story begins like <laughs> come, you know come with me yeah, i will yeah. say that like because people always talk like what are the bad things that happen and all that we restored faith in yes. humans the kindness the openness the you know you're told we grew up both on coast right for the most part yeah. so it's like yeah. oh people in this state are bad no like you learn yes. that there's great people everywhere there's also bad people but I will say the only thing I was ever afraid of or had issues with were people. Interesting. Right? Yeah, not sure, animals, we, not we your driver on the trail. road We've conditions. So many bears and moose and we said all that, but they were never trying to kill you or hurt you. And 
but you know, there's drug addicts and bad people everywhere. And, you know, so like, but I think that's important to look at a small amount of people, um, you know, just to, to answer that question for people. Right. So like Christine is saying most, the majority of her experience was positive with humanity and restored your faith in humanity Mm -hmm. from traveling. But Evan's also bringing up the counterbalance as far as just, you know, being holistic about how you view heading out and doing this, that you did have some issues with people. So I'm wondering, like, to to help people out, like, what types of issues were those and how could we avoid them? In the three years, two issues. Well, I I remember. Okay. I think the, the biggest issue I would have is you have been out for two weeks and you want to pop in and go into the grocery store and get some like into a town totally or you need to sleep in a hotel for the night you don't know the town it's a bigger town what is the good side of town we have gone to hotels that you pull into and there are things that are unsavory surrounding it and i do not feel comfortable leaving my entire house in the parking lot so i think that is the number one thing is trying to know Okay, if I'm going to pull into this big town, what is a good spot to leave my worldly possessions in like the parking lot? Your house. That's it is. It, that is the most. The and you can't lock it all. I mean, no. You try, but. And and honestly, at the end of the day, you're going. Okay, it's just stuff. If as long as we're safe, but if I can avoid it, I'm going to obviously. We yeah, avoided and big towns as much as possible. Yeah. Avoided big towns as much as, much possible. as possible. Like I mean. You know, we went through Boise the first time and it was like, oh, Boise is great. And then we parked at the wrong side of town of Boise and didn't realize there was that. And literally didn't even get a refund on the hotel we were in, left and went to the well, other side of town. And we're like, okay, we're good. But then we realized, okay, well, instead of staying in the big part of town, can we stay in a neighboring small town and then we can go in and do supplies or whatever? Oh, yeah, big, hard big when, town stuff. When you don't know. You've never been through these places, so you don't know. So those yeah. are things. I could see where that would be a real it's challenge right. when you have a full family overlanding outfit. Like exactly. it's it's not like, well, for this errand, we'll take this car and so jet it. It's no. like, no, this is our house. And yeah. campsites, our kids, big and... towns are a lot of times not, it's where people yeah. live, or they don't allow a non-hard-sided that's camper. Another, that's another which one. Which we found out mm-hmm. in a lot of big town areas. So yeah, like Arizona's. Okay really hardcore about that because there's a lot of retirement people that live in the campsites and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So little things that you learn, but I mean, we stay, I would say 90% of what we did was off grid. Right? Wild camping kind yeah, of thing. Wild camping or like, you know, it's hard because the North, right? Alaska, Yukon, you know, BC, all that. There's less wild camping. It's much harder, especially the time of year we went, the the spring flows were super high. So a lot of the backcountry trails were closed Money. so you're in a campsite but the campsites up there oh they're beautiful and beautiful. nice and amazing yeah. but i would still say most of it was wild camping um and, and staying away from people um but yeah i mean we had one thing stolen it was uh our trash bag of off all the, the back of the trailer tra- the trash can which was funny we yeah. won't say where <laughs> but it was here in montana we wanted an authentic you know hole in the wall cowboy kind of restaurant yeah. went amazing time that people were great and we went outside was this like, like the trash was taken yeah exactly and we're like what's <laughs> was like this is for beer cans and this will be awesome. exactly exactly <laughs> it was authentic and I mean, they'll I enjoy it, it you know? correct like the, fun. have a story or something but that but was all we ever had sold and then we had one incident in outside anchorage where just basically a guy on drugs was playing with a gun and we packed up and left 3 a.m 
Yeah. So you, and yeah, you just got out of there. Totally. But in three yeah. years, those are the two things you're like, um, oh, this yes. is great. Like, not Dude, that. I hate to say it, but I go into downtown Bozeman anymore. I'll have three incidents before I'm back home. I mean, it's it's just yeah. there's some crazy stuff nowadays, which yeah. is surprising. But like just to the point of I think people there's just kind of a gut level and a media generated mm-hmm. fear of traveling, especially like going into Mexico or to going oh international. There were a lot of people that were really concerned about us bringing our children down there. Yeah. And, and this is Baja or did you guys go mainland or you know, we didn't go to mainland. Um but we spent, I think, a combined nine months down in Baja. Okay. So we obviously loved it. it and it's not safe. safe. No one should go. <laughs> yeah. It's awful. I'm winking at the camera uh-huh. um, just to keep it as less people. But, but, no, but yeah, it is It is one of the things country. that people, they were uncomfortable because they had heard, not because they had been. And I think that was a big thing. There was probably one of the safest places we've ever been most welcoming i mean the yeah. people mexican culture is that way in general right yeah, that's it's what a, i hear it is a heartwarming amazing you know there's sadness down there because they're you know poverty is pretty high and you know alcoholism but it's like it is i mean god what a beautiful country just amazing the people are great i mean we fell into communities where our kids would go to after school programs we'd camp at this campo and after school program would pick up our kids and take them and you know like it's just things like that that you don't you wouldn't really get in america you could know? you could you offer two or three pro tips for like people maybe like yourselves before you did this journey mm-hmm. when you were saying we kind of dabbled in overlanding a little oh, bit so yeah. we kind of knew mm-hmm. it and they're like wanting to maybe go to baja but they're frightened or okay. people are yeah. trying to scare That's, them yeah you know what are two or three things you would say hey you know this should put your mind at ease try doing these things it'll help and I think there, this goes beyond just Baja. This is in general, right? Like, do your research, right? And be aware, right? Just like anywhere else you're going. I also right? think it's simple as having an in-reach. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that gave me a big peace of mind, especially yeah. when I was in the middle of nowhere knowing that I could call SOS if I needed to. Um there's something to the effect of just being in the middle of nowhere and going, okay, worst case scenario, what do we do right now? Press a button. And I just need to know that that there is something. Yeah, but even then, be able to reach other people yeah, back yes. home just yeah, so exactly. someone knows where you are. Border crossing exactly. to go to, mm-hmm. right? Like, you well, know, the, the, the thing with 90% of the things you hear are at the border. And they're mainly at like Tijuana and areas like that because that's where the cartels are mostly involved, right? And Tijuana is like the most traffic border crossing. Um, so it's like, don't spend time in those areas very long, right? Like you can, if you want to go to Rosarita and Sonata, sure. Like, yeah. But like any place like that, there could be issues. We felt like once you get past like San Felipe in general, like there, you're never going to yeah. like, and sure. Do you hear things or see things? Yeah. But nobody also like in that culture, what's so important to remember is it's tourism based culture. So if you think of any place in the world that is based off tourism, yeah, they don't want to mess with it, right? And then also when you add in you're an American, right? So American press is crazy. So like, why would I mess with an American? You know, there now you have apps, right? That like people check in campsites and all that and they talk about it. So, you know, there is a story of a beach where supposedly a guy harassed a woman and people reported it and that beach like had no business, right? So they don't want to do that anymore, right? So- that don't drive at night, right? Don't be out at night. Like, okay. do you just think about when are bad 
things going? When are people going to do stuff? Well, Cartels are okay. going to traffic and move things at night, like stay out of that. I think for us, what was really helpful the first time we crossed over is we went and we did Camp Four Low for a few yep. days. That was great. It's a small group that does, how many days was that? Four? They have different, but it was like four or seven day and trips. It, mm -hmm. you can go to San Felipe and then they take you out on a group and it's kind of like a little introduction into mm -hmm. Baja. And then after that, we had nothing but like, oh yeah, we got this. Yep. So anybody who really wants to do that, there are groups. Kind of take a baby step in. And yes. Kind of you're with a bigger group of people. Or just, yeah. And it's and, funny, yeah. we've been to Baja plenty of times there. before. Like I used to go down there. Yeah, especially in California. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's different when you're like, okay, I'm going to go live there. Right. Yeah. How do I learn? And yeah. with my family. Yeah. And it well, was more like how we do it with our family and feel safe. So doing a small trip like that can help you a lot. It can. I'm, I'm thinking for people that if you're Power nervous and all, yeah, is always or, even, or even crossing with somebody and traveling with yeah. somebody. Um, that's nice. Be respectful, right? Like end of the yeah. day, you're going into their country. You know, the, the whole military thing scares people. End of the day, it's it's a bunch of kids, right? They're young men right. for the most part, and they're doing a job, and they're bored. Be respectful. Take off your sunglasses. Roll down your window. Talk to them respectfully. Don't, you know, there's nothing to be nervous about. They're not going to just, like, shoot you out of nowhere. They're doing a job yep. to ensure that yeah. the bad people aren't doing certain things, right? Yeah. So we never had issues with any of those. And it's like, again, be respectful. You're in their country. You're a guest. Same way we would with people here in America. You bet. That's um, just what I was thinking. Yeah. It'd be no different if you were traveling around yeah. Montana or the United States anywhere. Yeah. I mean, besides that, it is a very safe people. Be respectful. You know, do your research and your plans. Be aware. Smartest thing you could do. And not just like because of bad things that happen. Like the roads in Baja are small. Exactly. They're very, They're very, very small. Unfortunately, I've lost people that I know like to the roads at night. Don't drive at night. Right. Yes, there's other things that they warn you about with cartels and things like that. But, but it, it's mostly yeah. safety with the size of the road, cows on the road, yeah. other drivers. It's we we made sure I think by like four o'clock we always had a camp. And if because if you get there at four, it might not be your right camp. You need mm -hmm. to give yourself that hour yeah, to find right. another place. Right. You never maybe book desperately. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. getting really and, packed down there now, too. Yeah. So. I think uh, we went down there before Starlink was really open and that. And then we've been back since Starlink has, you know, been roaming and it has allowed people to stay places that they may not normally because there is no service. The cell service was very minimal um, previously, but now with Starlink, you can work anywhere. So it's and there's a lot yeah, of now American-owned campos and things like that. But, you know, you find your play. How much time do you have? How far can you go down and then plotting your path? Right. We, yep. Yep. I think for a newbie, stick to the East Coast. Okay. Yep. That's Especially because you're not going to have much time to go east coast to Baja. East coast of Baja. East, yeah. Yep. On the Sea uh, Cortez side. Okay. So Pacific That's side, really especially tip. northern, it's much more populated. It's you know can be a little bit rougher. Um, so like if you can only go down for a few days, you know, for example, you're going to make it like San Felipe or a little bit further. Yeah. That's a great you know, tip. Puerto yep. Cito stuff like that. Like it's a little bit less populated and busy and crazy. Yeah. Super helpful tip. Okay. So you made it to the tip of Baja. Mm -hmm. You made it to numerous times. Prudhoe Bay to Alaska. <laughs> we Did went you... up to Tuktoyaktuk. Okay. So we um we crossed over and did Vancouver Island for a bit and then we went up on the Cassiar, did Alaska for a bit, then we went up to Tuktoyaktuk 
in the Northwest Territories and, you know, got to see the Arctic Ocean. And then we came back on the Alaskan Highway on the interior and did a lot. So we could see a lot of Canada that way. And then everything West Coast United States. Yes. In between those two things. Well, you know, we're very fair weather because... You're in a rooftop tent. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, a lot of people I've talked to in this community, like, it's really, I'm like, well, aren't you worried about, you know, lithium and Montana winter? They're like, we're not going to be here in Montana. No. <laughs> I would never, we're going to be south. Yeah. We were I was like, oh, that's right. You guys we are mobile. Yeah. August fire season one year, and it got brutal. And I'm texting with a buddy, and he's like, oh, Washington's clear right now. We're like, we're on our way. 12 hours. <laughs> yep. That's the beauty of that lifestyle. It was. Okay, so about three years. Three, how, uh, or how long exactly? Three years Just, just under three, three years. years yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, next step. What, what started to get you to a place to where you wanted to change your life again? And Well, that wasn't a thing. So, like, so we did Alaska and um, so the northern driving. for four months, right? And it was... So much driving. Just to that. get up to Alaska. Oh, yes. All to of it, up and down Alaska. I mean, within four months, it was a... But that alone was like, that was an adventure of a lifetime in its own, like in the best way. We did everything. And you're in the Toyota at this point, right? The the trailer and everything. It was incredible. The amount of people we met, the amount of people we saw, the things we did, the experiences, all that. And so, like I said, we never had a times table. We just said, when we're done, we're done. And we do check-ins a lot. Yeah, especially with the kids. As we're coming back down, we're not even in... America yet and it was like oh where are we going to go first we're like we're going back to Montana we love it there and personally I wanted to check on my Bronco yep and I remember the boys just saying hey can we get near Airbnb for like a month and just take a break and we're like sure no problem so I'm driving Christine's there she's like oh I found this Airbnb yeah. book it for a month in Bozeman in Bozeman okay because we were like we love Bozeman we really like it We'd, we'd driven through here and stayed a yeah. couple times throughout. There's a few cities in the three years where we're like, we love you. Like, mm-hmm. we felt like it was home. Wow. That's Which awesome. Is, That's great to hear. It's hard because we know the nickname is Bos Angeles, and we used to live in Los Angeles, and so we, we feel like, like those bad people, but <laughs> we're like, it is just a place that meets a lot of criteria for you us bet. in our, who we are, artists and outdoorism and stuff like that. Yeah, so. and I'd say that whole Angelus part, you know, is mm-hmm. is not all bad. Like that means mm-hmm. we have some wonderful culture, yes. restaurants, yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of good, cool things happening yes, here exactly. because of that too. And we're attracted to the people. Like we never, like everyone was just great. Yeah. Great people. And so long story short, we go, yeah. okay, we get an Airbnb. We're in the Airbnb, starting to plan where we're going next. Yeah. And- Family meetings called. Yeah. Well, and we we realized that we had explored so much in the time that we either had to do another big change, meaning are we going to backpack it now? Are we going to go to, like, we had- South America or we're go to Europe or like the next Google big- document, slides yes. document of pitching us traveling through Europe. He Detail. So Your son did? Oh, yes. yeah, Miles. He so wanted to. Cost for flights. Everything. Explaining to my wife that wine is cheaper there than water. Okay. You <laughs> know, all these have, like great he things. He did not have, he didn't have a solution I like for how our dogs, thinks. though. He didn't, that was The dog, our dog, we love her, Charlie. Um, yeah. She, that was, that was very hard because. Charlie's running around here yeah. today, right? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So yeah. we, we didn't, we didn't have a solution if we wanted to go and travel on a train with our backpacks mm-hmm. for our, our pup. 
Um, so that was one thing they were talking about. Or do we want to take our, our truck into South America? Well, with our trailer, it's not as easy all the time. I, I think we, I know I was personally, I preferred to do that in a smaller vehicle where we could see everything and go into all the towns and, and uh, towing and tow small streets and things like, oh, like yeah. it's not yeah, fun. for sure. So that was something we had talked about. And then uh, we also, our oldest was starting high school soon. And junior high, middle school, we can skip that. That's never fun. But high school, I I think we both talked about, you know, yep. if if we were ready, it would be a really good time for him and to go back into in-person school. So I think. And yeah, so it was like two weeks into his Airbnb and yeah. it was like, all right, let's check in. How's everybody doing? And it was like, so can like we move here. here? I like it here. I mean, the boys just straight, can we move here? We're like, okay, is that what you want? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'd like to start school, you know, whenever school starts again, whatever. And we're like, okay, well, if you're serious, we'll, like, we're listening to you. Mm-hmm. So Christine and I start looking like, okay, now we got to get a place. So I'll do this quickly, but we rented a place within two weeks, fell in love with it. Yep. We move into the house. Well, not, we had to fly back. It's our did, very you know, little thing that we had storage. in California, drive it up here. The day we move in, all our neighbors come and we're not even, we didn't even park the U-Haul in the thing and, and the whole neighborhood comes out and welcomes us. It was like the great, like, all oh, the dogs the right are playing. It was cool. good. It was good. So we're not even moved in. We still have a mattress on the floor. We have no, we have no furniture. furniture and the boys go, hey, we actually don't start school for like four months. Can we go back to Baja? Now, mind you, n- neither of us have a full-time job. This is now like, a new sure. overhead. And we're like, well, we don't want to deny him of this. We told him. So we're like, okay, we got to figure this out. We now have a rent. But we also know that. But this we don't want to like... deny it. So we end up packing back up. Yeah. Taking on a little more contract work on the. Now we have Starlink. Going mm-hmm. back to Baja for two months. No, we were gone for four, babe. It was, a four. It was four. It was wild because I was back and <laughs> forth. Walking. This is this ties into and something I would love for you to give us the the yeah. synopsis of the, how you got to X Overland. Well, and so during that because I remember we all was happening. I'm getting contract work, and so a couple times I had to fly up, and then the XO thing happened where she goes, "Did you see they're hiring a social media person?" I was like, "Oh, I don't know if I want to do that, but let me look." And then below it, it said like marketing director. So, so he's like, "Hey, are you guys hiring?" I marketing? slid into the DMs. <laughs> And uh, which Rochelle and I laugh about and Andy and Andy who runs social media uh, was like, okay, this is weird. This guy, like he's highly qualified, but like wants to work here. And so long story short, we talked and Rochelle and Clay were amazingly, we did a call and fun video chat. And they're like, well, we were in Baja that whole time. They're like, you're obviously in Baja, but would you be willing to fly up and you know, we'll put you up in a place. And I was like, oh no, I, I have a place there. They're like, what? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, do Which you need one of the cars to drive? <laughs> I'm like, I know. no, I've got a car there, like everything. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, we actually moved. <laughs> we, we made we, a choice to move here. Moved there. Yeah. So I came up and met the team and did yeah. the interview. And I drove you down to Cabo and yep. dropped you off at the airport. And I surprised yeah. you with your best friend. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. That was- I left. I picked up her friend at the airport, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very uh, cool. That's cool. So well, that's how the job happened. I went back to Baja. But my thing to them was, I want to work here, but I'm going to be in Baja for two more months. So if you want me to start, I've got to work remote. Which they were like, well, yeah. Of yeah. Fulfilling a commitment to your family and your yeah. kids and long-term plan so is my great. first two months of working here at XO was 
living the true overland life yeah and working on the road well for my own selfish reasons i'm really happy that you're on the podcast both you explaining all this because as a guy working with x overland i couldn't figure out what was going on i'm like we got this new guy evan you know but he's in baja but he's not in baja what in the heck is happening here right so like now it i mean it took a podcast to really hear the whole story and it all makes perfect sense so now third phase you're in Bozeman, mm-hmm. uh, you've all obviously back from Baja and you are living full time um, in a house, right? Place you bought here. Yes. How is that? We, what has that transition been like? Because we're uh, we're nomads, so we're renting. You're renting. Okay. Not that we're yeah. planning on going anywhere, but we uh, we we love it here. We're not we planning do. on leaving we for do. many years. Kids are going to finish school here. Yes. Which I think stuff. is awesome how while you were traveling, you discovered an amazing place to live amazing you know because like we interviewed all the towns we've been that's through kind of yeah and you kind i mean you know you go places and you're like this is great to vacation airbnb and so- was tinder <laughs> we were dating <laughs> right. cities and we're like nope nope we don't like you nope nope nope, nope. Like but it, it yeah was, it was definitely beneficial and it everywhere we went it, it was in the back of your mind because yep. you always picture yourself when you go on vacation oh could i live here or you visit your friend do you like it here? And then you interact with people mm-hmm. and you get a vibe for a place. So it was nice. It was good. And it, we've had so many cool things that have happened with people here and, you know, good, bad times that we had, but good people came through, right? And things like that solidified. We made the right choice. Yeah. Our kids are happy here. We love the school system. You know, we now, funny enough, we've we learned that you moved to Montana. Everybody comes and visits. Oh, oh yeah. Nobody visited us anywhere yep, else. Nine months of winter, and three months of family visiting. Now our <laughs> goddaughter moved here to go to college. My nephew and his girlfriend <laughs> moved here. Yeah. So now we have family and here. Family yeah, it's now. like it's the coolest thing, thing this is ever. what happens, I man. Yeah. But we all, oh, we sit them all down and love teach it. them what it's like to be a Montanan first. Because yeah. like, we watched Yellowstone and we're like, is it weird that like, we've been here a year, but like, I feel like, a responsibility to the state. I love yeah. that an affinity. And you're like, I understand why they're like, stay away. Yeah. You know, I, it's, uh, there's, there's a whole topic there, oh, I'm uh, sure. but I think mm-hmm. of like Matthew McConaughey in Austin trying to keep Austin Austin, yeah. like oh, making yeah. a, like an advocate, yeah, an advocate mm-hmm. for that. Right. And I think that's that. kind of like Bozeman is, is similar. And I've, I've taken that approach yes. to just trying to help people because they're, they're coming here and they're so hardwired from, mm-hmm. you know, big urban areas that they can't help, but, do certain things and it's like we're going to just help you know gradually enlighten you, you to, teach to a new way right when they come yeah. in like you don't pull out in front of people like you don't need a rush right you don't no one's going rush. anywhere fast it was like right my that's nephew like cut yeah. a car off the other day and i was like what do you do don't ever do that again that's not montana like it's like well explain to me what's montana like i'm like wait till that car goes give it 30 more seconds and then slowly pull out <laughs> exactly. and get on the road exactly. like <laughs> you're not trying to exactly. beat anyone yeah. no no I felt like our travels everyone's like well you know there's certain things when you're moving to montana that are going to be different and mm-hmm. i'm like i have a mailbox i don't care how long my mail takes to get here now you're like, are you talking yeah. i can actually get things i don't have to I, find people on instagram <laughs> to ship things to so house. there a lot of uh, <laughs> traveling yeah. full time yeah and then coming back and staying someplace that has the ease that not it's ease that I hadn't experienced in a while, so it was very welcoming. Whereas a lot of times, I think people are moving out, and then they don't they expect you know things to be fast and open all the time. I'm like, I'm just happy there's a more than one grocery store. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, but when we moved, I couldn't sleep. 
I had like the worst time sleeping in a house. And I was like, oh, is it weird? I'm going to go sleep in the rooftop tent to get a I good mean, night's sleep. Talking about that. Like, you know, is your sleep out, better like outside? Yeah. And I mean, yeah. we're still out camping a lot, like almost every week. Yeah. But well, yeah. yeah, you move to the right place, mm-hmm. I think, as far as being able to have a house, like have yeah. a home base, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. be surrounded with so much recreation and ability to, yeah. to have awesome adventures with your kids Completely. and each other. So, yeah. And we're already, I mean, we... It was like four months into the house. She's like, okay, so when the kids graduate high school, school what are you and I going to do? Because we're, like, we're like, do we buy a house? Like, do we want just a little cabin that we can then go travel the world and come back to a cabin? So like, I yeah, know. that's the way our life is revolving around how are we going to continue to like see the world? Well, that's what, you know, I was wondering too. It's like now, now that you are full-time mm-hmm. in Bozeman, um, I see, you know, Evan with your Matthews hat on mm-hmm. and, you know, I know your pastime, like you really are getting, getting obsessive and passionate about bow hunting and yep. elk hunting and that sort of thing. Yeah. And Christine, like what are some things around here in Montana that you're starting to dig and well, want to, cause still, you seem to have a personality uh, that would also lock onto something. Well, I've, I've been trying to, uh, I work from home and so that can be hard. So what do you do? Uh, I'm a producer, I work, you know, manage projects. mostly marketing. Um, I'm also a photographer, so I do a lot of family photography and lifestyle photography as well. Um, So I'm starting to put myself out there uh, in ways that, you know, you probably haven't had to in a while. Um, She's very humble. She actually owns her own business and she has clients and she runs marketing and content and What's your business and how do people find you? Your photography, Uh, I'm uh, presuming, or both of them. Yes. um, I have a, my Instagram is Goldfish and Cheerios, and that's mostly my family, uh, family photography. And then ChristineDehaven.com is my website. Um, Random Folk is also our business that, um, that I run. So um, I'm stepping out of my normal shell to meet people within Bozeman and it's probably been I don't know it's 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 hard sometimes but for sure I'm working on it I'm working on it so and the kids are older now so you get more freedom back and 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 also when they're young a lot of times you meet the parents and so now you don't meet the parents the same way so um I I have to get creative in putting myself out there I'm doing it I think it's awesome you two are in Bozeman, like uh, official welcome to Bozeman. I haven't had a chance and I speaking just for myself, like I love the Californians I've met who've moved here. They're the coolest people. Uh, They love being here. They're passionate about being here. They're intelligent. They're educated. They're interesting. And I've just had nothing but positive experiences. So I'm stoked you guys are new neighbors. I'm an Oregonian, but I lived in California. Okay. First and foremost. That's yes. my excuse. No, <laughs> no, not no. all Californians are bad. Not all, you know, I, bad yeah, 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 yeah. So before we end the episode, yes. we've covered a lot of things, and it's totally. been a fantastic conversation. But let a few takeaways, right? Mm-hmm. I could just say I could say three takeaways from this massive experience that you and your family had. Like Did you say, three thousand. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's why I'm trying to like no. give you guys a number so it's not too overwhelming. But three years of travel. As a family, what did you, three things you got out of that? I think one of my main one is like, it's either I'd say do you or like follow your own path, right? Like with all of it. You don't have to copy anyone's path that they've traveled, the way that they travel, how they do it, do what makes you happy. Now, do you mean overlanding per se or do you mean life itself? 
our little both. All of that. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. I know. It's very big, overarching. Right? Yeah, man. Well, that's what I, I think. See. That's, for me in general, it's the thing that we teach our kids the most, most is like, you know, that whole rat race is not for everyone. Right. right? There's no formula to success. So, do your, you. Your, ha- you, your success, your happiness does yeah. not need to be predetermined, you know. Yes. Do we this, could, do this, do this equals happiness. We could all probably, people that build vehicles and travel could start a business advising people how to build them. But like, yeah. I would say the most common thing that we advise and when we have people ask us about our journey is like, you know, we remind them, well, what is the usage for you? What do you need? What do you want? Do you want comfort? Do you want quick? Do you want whatever? But I think it, all of it is like, don't just go somewhere or do something because someone else did it. Like, what is it that you want out of it? And like, we had very big goals for ourselves, what we wanted to get out of it and like did the, made sure the journey allowed for that. I think one of my biggest takeaways was that the problems aren't as big as you really think they are. The problems mm-hmm. where? In everything. your life, on and, the trail? And, uh, like everything from, oh my gosh, did we get a flat tire? It's not really that big. We'll fix it and move on. And it was great examples for the kids on seeing, okay, well, it's downpouring and our tent is floating away. Uh, okay, well, let's figure that out and fix it. Okay, well, plans change. You you bob and weave and it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, you can't problem solve with an. No. That's like the adventure is the best education of all. Exactly that and learning uh, how to communicate to someone to hitch up to a trailer. Yeah, yeah I yeah. could give uh, <laughs> marriage counseling advice yes, on yes. that. Hand signals are the best. You don't need to talk at all. I remember teaching Alex and Val that. I was like, stop talking to each other. You go left. Right, forward, back. That's all you need to do. It's in the camera and in the mirror. Yeah. So would you two say after three years of doing this together with your kids, your marriage is stronger because of this? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that that would be the second takeaway for me is like the connections, the Mm -hmm. bonds, the things that we went through. Like you want to say that your family's strong, but like it's, and like we're so open to talk to each other now. Like our kids can come tell us we're being mean that day. And we're like, yeah, good. Thank you for telling me. Because like, we're so used to small spaces and yeah. there's nowhere to run in. There's hide. no privacy. Like, sure, I could go for a hike, yeah. right? But I'm yeah. still coming back to a small little rooftop tent and I got it. We're still no. driving six <laughs> yeah. hours. Can't just go the, off the through the man together. Yeah. So it's like learning that, um, you know, and I, I think a third thing for me is like being conscious and aware of everyone around you, the way that you act and how that affects mm-hmm. them. It affects other people. And, mm-hmm. and what they're doing and how you can help with that. Right. Just being very in tune and aware and like a conscious, like being very present. Well, and that kind of has to do with the problem solving. Like when the tire blows, is it a big deal or do we just all work together and figure it out? I think you guys, you know, we talked at the beginning of the podcast about how all of us are coming from like East Coast, West Coast, Mm -hmm. urban Mm -hmm. type A, super driven Mm -hmm. professional worlds. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) And those are the worlds that are, are so tight in the way of how, you know, fast they're going yeah. that like that you, you get a flat tire. Oh my God, it's I'm going to miss my one o'clock. Day. Day. Uh-huh. You know, and it's yeah. like, you, you're going to die. And, um, that's a really a, good point. I'm yeah. Sure. This woman's a it producer kinda... and would produce like massive. I mean, we would originally go on vacation with a peachy folder of like hour by hour to now the point that she just flows. I was, anyway. I do have to say it did, it did make me relax a thousand percent. I was very, um, running a household, 
you know, managing all these things. And then when we hit the road, it was kind of like, well, let's see what today brings. And it was very hard for me to unwind from that for a really long time. But there were a lot of other forces that just were at play here that I had no control over. So, but you use your skills in such it's a cool way to see you going into something like mm -hmm. blank slate. I'm not going to yeah. pre assume, it I'm just not going to pre guess. Me a while to get and there. then you could use those tools of yeah. your organization and how to manage stuff. Because, like, it's funny, there's some projects where it'd be like, we're not going to solve it, the boys have to solve it, and we'd step back and project manage, right? And, like, oh, okay, I'm not going to stress on it. Like, no. yeah. yeah, how yeah. do you get out of this? Yep, but yeah, so there are so many life lessons. Well, I'm sure there, there are more to tell if we could hang out here for another few hours. And uh, I just look forward to getting to know you all better yeah. and hearing these Thanks stories even. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, on the podcast and off air and wherever we happen to be hanging out. So yep. let's do it again sometime. Thank you for Sounds having us. Good. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on the podcast today. We um, had a good one, and we'll see you next time. Ciao. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps. We appreciate your support. And until next time, stay adventurous. Yeah.